0: We're continuing with the three-word series of messages. And uh, um, you'll see on the screen here in a minute, uh, I think, is is the words that I chose. Uh, and I asked when Phil asked me, I don't know, a month and a half ago if I'd be able to preach this week. I said, yeah, I'd be happy to. And and uh, my words were, Father, forgive them. I said, can are you going to do that? And he says, no. And I said, well, you know, that's, that's what I want to do. And you can see I have my sermon notes here today, and I'm going to stay pretty close to them because I, I, I don't want to get off on the wrong trails in the things that I've thought and prepared over the time with this. But uh, we're going to explore the forgiveness that we, have, that we have received through our Lord and Savior, Jesus. We also want to look at the requirement that was given to us by Jesus Himself. And if we're receivers of forgiveness from God, we must also be willing to forgive others. And we will use the Bible to show us and teach us about the things that we need to know and do. I think many times, and as I thought through this, I think many times it's hard for us to expound on forgiveness because we, almost, or we also need to be willing to forgive, and that's not always easy. My goal today is to help us understand about the wonderful forgiveness that has been brought to all of mankind. And from the beginning of time and throughout all of eternity, This has been made possible through God's Son, Jesus. And what I want to this morning for you to see that this is very plain in God's Word. And then, have you ever heard someone say, I'm too messed up? No one can forgive me, not even God? Or, I need to get some things fixed before I come to church. Have you ever heard that? Um, And the list could go on. And have you ever felt this way yourself? I have. I admit that. Well, all of these are covered by the forgiveness that comes through Jesus and the sacrifice He was willing to make to save us from our sin. And to get a good picture of what has been done by the great love that God um, has for us, we need to go way back. We have often talked about, you've heard Phil talk about first mansion. Uh, uh, When we study or or look into God's Word, sometimes it really helps to first mansion in, in studying God's Word. So, with your Bibles. Hopefully, you have a Bible with you and we're going we're gonna to go to a lot of different verses this morning that are going to teach us and tell us. I, you know, I don't want it to be what I'm telling you. What I'm sharing with all of us, me included, is, is God's Word. So go to Genesis, the first book of the Bible, chapter 3. And we're going to look at verses 14 and 15. And if you don't have a Bible, there, there should be one in the um, chairs in front of you under the rack there whatever. whatever. Feel free to grab one and, and you'll have it to look at because I want you to see this for yourself. Starting verse uh, 14 in chapter 3, it says, The Lord God said to the serpent, Now, this was written about 1,500 years before Jesus was born. And it's the first reference we see of God's plan to redeem us through His Son, Jesus. And it's coming right on the heels of uh, mankind's fall into sin, changing God's relationship with mankind in the Garden of Eden. In fact, if if you look at chapter... Three, there, the heading, uh, mine in the English Standard Version here says the fall, and we're just down in 14. So, see, mankind messed up, then God, e- even in the curse of the serpent, there already was paving the way for what we were going to, uh, or what was going to happen later, and we see that laid out in the New Testament. Now let's go to the book of Romans, chapter 16. Romans chapter 16 in the New Testament. And look at verse 20. We're going to go 16 verse 20. Here's what Paul says, "...the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet." the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you." See, Paul was referencing the fact of Satan being crushed. And you know, uh, uh, he he says, your feet, but the fact of the matter, what came along was that uh, um, Satan, through uh, a woman having a son that we know is Jesus born in a manger, God becoming man, Satan is defeated. Isn't that cool? Yeah, that's very cool. And and also, Paul's wrapping up the book of Romans and he states these words and it's a reminder of what was said long ago that we read in chapter 3 of the book of Genesis. Now let's go to Galatians. If you're in Romans, just it's not too far to towards the book of Revelation. You'll find Galatians chapter four, and we're going to look. We're going to start in verse four. Read verses four and five. I hear pages rattling, so I'll pause for a a little bit here. I want you to be there. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. See? God had a great plan the Greek word used for adoption as sons that we read in the English Standard Version there, it's a legal term referring to the full legal standing of an adopted male heir in the Roman culture. Now, remember, Paul, Paul is writing this in that day in culture, and we know this is a letter Paul wrote to the, church, the churches of Galatia and this includes everyone, male and female. But see, he was using the the idea of an heir, an adopted heir, getting full the full rights that a, a, a born son would, and those people understood that. But don't there's no mistake. We're not talking about males here Paul is using the example he's writing this letter to the church and we're all heirs if we choose uh, to be part of the kingdom of God uh, accepting Jesus but Paul was able to draw a picture of God accepting us as adopted children and heirs to God's kingdom that's a very wonderful thing for us to remember so don't forget that we're heirs to something in the kingdom of God that comes because of what Jesus has done for us. That is a real blessing. But this is the groundwork to get us to up to the three words here. So now, turn to the book of Luke. New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke. And chapter 23... Chapter 23, and we're going to look at verse 34. And the context of this is Jesus is on the cross. He's being crucified. And so in verse 34 it says, And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they cast lots to divide His garments. So Jesus is on the cross giving His life for us so our sins would be covered by His blood. A sacrifice good for the past, the present, and the future. And our our sins being blotted out and paid for by what Jesus did on the cross. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And now, I'm going to ask you a question and answer this in your own mind. Did Jesus have to say these words? Father, forgive them. Did He have to say that? Luke records it very specifically for us. And what if He didn't say this? Father, forgive him. It was interesting, uh, uh, I don't know, a week and a half ago or so, I went into Phil's office and I said, hey, I just want to ask you a question and I want a knee-jerk answer real quick. I don't want you to overthink it or anything. And uh, I said, when Jesus was on the cross, and we see in Luke chapter 23, and He was the, there hanging on the cross, and He said, Father, forgive them. said, what do you think would have happened if he wouldn't have said that. Phil, and you know, he knew I wanted a quick answer, he said, our sins wouldn't have been forgiven. That was his thought. I don't know what your thought was. But it's interesting to think about, isn't it? So, let's go on a little rabbit trail for a moment, and, and let's use our earthly fathers for an example to try to understand this a little deeper. And I'll use my father, Dean Burns Sr., for an example. Being his son, there were things I could ask of my dad. And he would do it. And if he was around to speak for himself, he was not always the most uh, thrilled probably with some of my requests but He would do things for me because He loved me. Um, this is how I can better understand what's happening here on the cross when Jesus is requesting His Father to forgive them. That is you, me, and everyone and w- for what they were doing, putting Him on the cross. Sin put Jesus on the cross, and we've all sinned, so we can't get out of the event of Jesus being crucified on the cross that somebody else did that. We were part of that. The Bible is very clear of that. And it would be fair to say if we looked from the other direction using this example as our earthly fathers, uh, there were things I did because my dad asked me to do it. I did those things he requested because I loved him. We see the Father and Son relationship here in God's Word. Isn't that nice to think about? But, but in, in our earthly thoughts of things, fathers and sons can let each other down. Not so with God the Father and Jesus the Son. Things are, have been done perfectly ever, ever since the beginning. But I think these words, Father, forgive them, needed to be said. And that's why Jesus said them. It fulfilled God's plan. And uh, now, what we need to do is we need to explore the forgiveness, okay? Take, take your Bible and go to 1 John. Little John. 1 John. And this is clear back John uh, the first second third John Jude and then Revelation so if you find Revelation turn backwards just a little bit first John chapter 1 and we're going to read verses 5 through 10 this is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make Him a liar and His Word is not in us. So as we think about this, here John writes about walking in the darkness or walking in the light. And admitting we are a sinner and confessing to God we're a sinner. Understanding our sin and the desire to change and walk in the light and not in the darkness. And we live in a world where people often refer uh, uh, or they prefer darkness instead of light. And of course, we're talking spiritually here. John also makes it clear that if we are unwilling to deal with our sin, we make God a liar and His word is not in us. It's e- is it easy to confess our sins to God? I have to say for myself, it's not easy, because I chose to do uh, what I have done, and then I have to confess what I have done is wrong. That's, that's not fun. Am I the only one that that, uh, that bothers? <laughs> you know, it, uh, it, it bothers me. And then I need to ask God to forgive me, and it's humbling. Now, let's go to the book of James. It's not very far to the left. You'll find the book of James. And we're going to look at um, chapter 5, verse 16. I hear the pages rustling, so I want you to look at this. And you should have this marked in your Bible if you don't. If you have your personal Bible, mark this Scripture. Because it's, it's certainly one to hang on to. And these are words that are written by Jesus' brother. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. So, here, here's the interesting thing. We don't just, when we read this, there's a little more to confess in our sins. Here, James says, confess your sins to one another. Here we find a recipe for healing, too, because so that we may be healed, right? It it mentions that. Have you ever thought or heard someone say, I talk to God about my sins and I ask him to forgive me? And then we have this attitude that it's my business, it's between me and God. I've thought this, and I've heard it said by others, too. Maybe you have. And James instructs us, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Interesting. I want you to think about that and that's why I want you to mark that in your Bible and you go back and pray about a good understanding of what is being said there. In our Celebrate Recovery ministry, we have found this to be very true. Many of us have found healing and victory, and I'm talking about us because I'm including myself. We have found victory in our lives over our sin because we confessed to someone we trust. And they prayed specifically alongside of us. It's easy to try to tell ourselves that I came clean with God asking Him to forgive me. I've thought that myself. I've heard people say that. I I come clean with God and I ask Him. And He forgives me and the Bible says He forgives me. Well, then we fall right back into the same trap of sin. Over and over again that can happen. Having a person or persons who love us and help us be accountable is a good thing and God's Word tells us right here how to do that. If you have not asked another person you trust to help you with the traps of sin you're in, and pray, pray about this Scripture in James and ask God to send you the person or persons you need to help you, you might find healing that has not been possible before. I want to encourage you in that because many times we can struggle over and over and we, we want God to do to just use the magic wand on us and so that we can get rid of that sin that we're struggling with. Well, right here, James gives us a recipe for maybe that cycle that is going around. We've talked to God about it, but God's saying, hey, you need somebody that's going to ask you, how'd you do this week? and pray specifically for you. That's hard to do. But, His Word tells us that healing can come. Isn't that cool? Yeah. So think about that. Um, This forgiveness we're talking about, how does it work? I have a hard time forgiving people. How can God forgive me? Okay? Let's look at Psalms. Go to the book of Psalms, chapter 103, 103, and we're going to read verses 11 and 12. It says, For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. Now as I'm standing here and looking at you basically this is east and this is west so how far is east from the west it's pretty long ways isn't it how does that work but that's the example that is used for us that's that's a long ways <laughs> okay so we want this forgiveness that comes through what Jesus has done for us. I like it. I like the idea of being forgiven. It sounds good. What does God want me to do? Well, the answer to that is He wants us to give what we have been given. Turn to Matthew. First book of the New Testament. Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 and 15. If you have a red-letter edition Bible, this is Jesus' words Himself telling us this. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. I don't even think I need to read that again. Is that hard to understand? No. I mean, that's. I get the point when I I read that. We should get the point. But these are two very important verses that are Jesus' words, and we often skip over them when we read the Lord's Prayer. You know, we read the Lord's Prayer and in a lot of different circumstances and stuff, and we read it, but how many times do you hear those two verses thrown in there? You know, right after the Lord's Prayer, and Jesus is telling us that. But how do we forgive those who have hurt us so very much and may even continue to hurt us? That's that's the question I have. I think it would be fair to say that A lot of us could come up with that question in our mind. I think the answer is in the words Jesus said on the cross, Father, forgive them. We ask God to forgive the person or the persons who have hurt us and let him help us do something we cannot do on our own. God can help us find forgiveness for those persons. And I know what some of us are thinking, me included, because I, I think like some of you do, maybe not like all of you. I know that scares you to think that I think like you guys do too. But uh, how can I forgive this person for what they have done to me? You don't understand what you're trying to tell me to do. Some of you might think a little bit of that while, while, we're, uh, while I'm talking to you here. Well, I don't want you to think just because we're to forgive others that we have to stay stuck in a situation of hurt and dysfunction over and over again. Many times we allow things to continue because we think if we forgive another person, that means we stay in the mess of hurt. But it doesn't have to be like that. See, there's the hope there. We can forgive someone and realize there needs to be a boundary or a separation because of their continued violations against us and others. We turn this over to God and pray for our enemies and those who are trying to take us down in their sin and their hurt. This is in God's hands and He'll be our protector and our strength. Ask God to help you forgive those who have hurt you or are hurting you or trying to hurt you. Remember, He will not ask us to do something He isn't prepared to help us accomplish in His power and strength. So, in other words, you know, when we look through God's Word and, and uh, at our prayer time this morning before the service, we were talking about this the fact that God doesn't ask us to do something and then really give us no way to do it. That doesn't happen. Um, we can realize that there needs to be a boundary or separation there and, and that's, that's okay and God will help us through that situation. But we have, we've been given the opportunity of receiving the greatest gift we will ever receive. The forgiveness of our sins and transgressions against our God has been accounted for by what Jesus has done for us. But each one of us needs to make the choice and receive this gift. It's up to us to choose to walk out of the darkness and into the light. That's our choice. Walking as the children of the King with our sins covered by the precious blood of Jesus, our Savior. Now go to Colossians, the book of Colossians. It's back towards the back part of the Old Testament there. Book of Colossians, chapter 2. And we're going to look at verse 13. Start in verse 13. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the end. Un- circumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with Him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands, this He set aside, nailing it to the cross. This sums up the fact that we can have our debt of sin canceled and nailed to the cross and because of this, we can be together with our Father in Heaven. This is something that we get to take to eternity. Now, if you're like me, would you like to see the record of your life, the things that you have done that you shouldn't have done? I mean, there's things I forgot that. I would be horrified because I think I'm bad enough already, you know, but then you get reminded of that. Sometimes when we get talking about things in the old days, you get reminded about something you forgot, and maybe you thought the other person did that in your mind. A lot of times I. Tell like, Danny, I thought that was you that did that. You know, when we were growing up and you're saying it was me. So, you know, we, we even try to alleviate our mind to uh, uh, blame somebody else. But uh, the words, Father forgive them, is going to echo for all of eternity. What a lovely thing has been done for us that choose to believe. And if you've, ever, if you've never been able to forgive yourself, that's okay because you can't. You can't forgive yourself, okay? So don't, uh, don't worry about that. But Jesus brings forgiveness that, and we can ask Him. He's the one that will help us forgive ourselves and others. And we can ask things in Jesus' name and things happen for us. Today you have an opportunity to grab a hold of the forgiveness God has given to us uh, through his son Jesus.